Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deitch. Welcome again to the mysteries of God's Word. If you were with me last week, I said today we were going to go through Genesis chapter 14. After studying, I don't think we're going to get through chapter 14. In fact, there's so much to talk about, we may just get through verse 7 today. But let's start in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 14. And we read, In the days of Amraphael, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, and Kederleomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goim. These kings made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, and Shemeber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is, Zor. And all these joined forces in the valley of Sidim, that is, the Salt Sea. Twelve years they had served Ketolaomer, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. Okay, in those first four verses, we have a chunk of information. So let's dive in to those first four verses. Amraphael was the king over the area of Babylonia the region we would call eastern Iraq today. Ariok, the king of Elazar, was a Hurrian king, which is primarily the region we would recognize as southeastern Turkey today, as far north to include surrounding Lake Van and as far west as to include the Euphrates River. But it went south to include slivers of northern Syria and Iraq. Kedolaomer, king of of Elam. Now, the area of Elam is what we would identify as northwestern Iran today. It went as far southeast as the city of Shiraz and as far north as modern Sinandaj. The Elamites were the descendants of Shem, and it was the king of Elam that led this great army. We learn this in verse 5. This narrative, in part, is describing an early fulfillment of the prophecy Noah gave back in Genesis chapter 9, verse 25, that's unfolding before the Israelites even came through this area. When Noah said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers, and blessed be the Lord the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Here we see an early descendant of Shem, Kedolaomer, who is controlling the area of the Canaanites. We also see a man named Tidal, king of Goim, and we might consider him more of a raid boss than a king of a region. Goim is believed to be more of a, a grouping of people than a place. It's often translated heathens or Gentiles. Some scholars believe these people are the Hittites, others believe they're simply a barbarian tribe that had ties to the king of Elam. But whatever the exact history of these people are, what is agreed upon is that this group likely came from a northwestern region of the Dead Sea. And this allied group of four kings made war 
with a group of five kings. The king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Zor. All of these are not regions, they're cities. And these five cities are known as the cities of the plains, or the cities of the Valley of Siddim. These cities were in the spillway of the Dead Sea, or the Jordan River, and it had incredibly fertile ground. This is the area Lot was headed towards after leaving Abram. And these five kings were more governors, or chieftains, than kings. Little is known about the specifics of any of these minor kings that will be defeated. And we see that they're going to join forces in the Valley of Siddim. And it says that is the Salt Sea. The description of the Salt Sea here is what we know today as the Dead Sea. However, at this time in history, God had not yet judged Sodom and Gomorrah. So the Salt Sea wasn't salty as it came to be known as the Salt Sea. This was actually very fertile ground on fresh water. Today, the Dead Sea has a salinity of 33.7%. It's almost 10 times saltier than the water of the ocean. The Dead Sea contains no plant life or fish. And it's so salty that people are buoyant in the salt sea. You can't swim and you can't dive because there's so much salt. You'll literally float on top of the water. Continuing in verse 4, we read that they had served Kedoleomer for 12 years, but in the 13th year, they rebelled. So the five kings of the cities in the plains of the Valley of Siddim had been subjugated to King Kedoleomer for 12 years. The historian Josephus speaks that they had been subdued by conquest in a former war. Kedoleomer ruled over them having them pay a portion of their income as tribute. Now, it says, And then we learn in the thirteenth year they rebelled. Those five kings rebelled against the oppression of Kedoleomer, declaring their independence from him. Again, it is of significant importance to the Israelites that the line of Shem through the Elamites, led by Kedoleomer, was already subjugating the Canaanites. And now we get to the next three verses, which are incredibly interesting and adventurous. In verse 5, we read, In the fourteenth year, Kedolaomer and the kings who were with him came and defeated the Rephium in Ashtaroth Carnaim, the Zuzim in Ham, the Emim in Shavah Kiriathaim, and the Horites in their hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran, on the border of the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to Mishpat, Kadesh, and defeated all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites who were dwelling in Hazazan Tamar. Now let's dig into those incredible verses in Scripture. I like to call these three verses the war before the war. These three verses describe multiple incursions that occurred before the battle in the Siddim Valley. While verses 1 through 4 set up the kings that are to be involved in a battle for control of Siddim Valley, the scripture takes a pause here 
and inserts how Kedoleomer, the king of Elam, led a charge on multiple unique groups of people prior to engaging with the kings in Siddam Valley. The battle plan began east of the Sea of Galilee, about 20 miles, in Ashtaroth Carnaim, and then headed south through what we now would recognize as the western side of Jordan. Then they hit the city of Ham, continuing south in Jordan into Shavak Kiriathaim, and then south again through the hills of Seir. Once in the hills of Seir, they, they turned around and went northwest towards the Mediterranean Sea, raiding Kadesh, and finally came up into the Promised Land on the west bank of the Dead Sea, finishing up in Hazazan Tamar. The amount of distance covered by this massive raiding party prior to the battle in the Valley of Siddim would have been at least 600 miles. Considering the average horse can travel about 25 miles a day, perhaps more fit trail horses 50 miles a day, if they're getting rest. Also considering the time for battles and the rest for the soldiers, this raiding party would have went on at least between 30 and 60 days. Likely longer. Especially if there were foot soldiers, and not everyone was cavalry. Now let's talk a little bit more in detail about these battles. The battle in Ashtaroth was against the Rephaim. Now this word Rephaim is a word from Hebrew that is often translated giants. Throughout much of the Old Testament, the word Rephaim is simply used to describe clans of giants. These were very large men, both wide and tall. Scripture records that some of them had strange mutations, having six fingers and six toes. Some lived in cities and kingdoms. Some lived in the wild. And some, like Goliath, became champions among the people, like the Philistines. Scripture speaks nothing of their origin other than comparing them to the Anakim and Nephilim. Occasionally, the word Rephaim is translated in scriptures to mean spirits that are dead, or those in the grave. And for some theologians, that's brought confusion as to what Raphaim truly means. However, the translation of dead spirit should best be understood in the context of the giants. It would be reasonable to conclude that God saw these as a threat to the order of creation. King Og of Bashan was considered one of the Rephaim, and was also noted in this area of Ashtaroth, Karnaim. The next battle occurred in Ham with the Zumzim. Zumzim is a word that the Amorites used to use to describe giants, and we learn that in Deuteronomy 2, 20 and 21. The next battle occurred with the Emim in Shava Kiriathaim. Now the word Emim is a word the Moabites used to describe giants. And we also find that in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. The word itself is a plural word of terror. And this tribe of giants is described as being as tall as the sons of Anak. And they, they inhabited the land of Moab. And we see here that it is Kedoleomer that defeats them. 
The next battle occurred with the Horites in the hill country of Seir. And there's a man named Seir the Horite in Genesis chapter 36. So the hill country of Seir is probably named after this man. And we also learn later in Deuteronomy that the Lord will destroy the Horites. But here in this battle, we see Kedoleomer going to battle with the Horites in the hills of Seir. Then he turns around, goes northwest towards the Mediterranean Sea, and then Kedoleomer headed towards the Amalekites. Now the Amalekites might rightly be considered the sworn enemy of Israel. If there was ever a feud between two families like the Hatfields and the McCoys, this was it. The depth of the conflict between these two nations could hardly be overstated. The Amalekites would block the pathway to the Promised Land. They would oppose Israel at every key time in their history. And here we see Kedoleomer going to war with the Amalekites, and then turning towards the Amorites. The Amorites lived on the west shore of the Dead Sea, in a town called Hazazan Tamar. And the Amorites are actually ancestors of Canaan. They could be called Canaanites, although it would appear that the Amorites formed their own nation. Amor was the son of Canaan. So he must have broke away from the rest of the clan and formed his own nation. So we see four kings led by Kedoleomer raiding these small nations throughout the Middle East. Some of them groups of giants. Some of them to be nations that opposed the way of God in Scripture. And that's the conclusion of the war before the war. Join me next week as we see Kedoleomer and the four kings go to war with the five kings of the plains. Don't miss a moment of this adventure-packed chapter, Genesis chapter 14. God bless you this week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understandings. 